A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Hello, hello. Welcome back to Swiftish. This is episode 12. Yeah. And this is Ashley. And this is Shelby. Oh, you know, this week has been quiet on the Taylor front. I know. She's been MIA since... It's been the at last least a, over a week. It's over been over a week, week since she's since said like last, anything. Since like last Friday anything. or Saturday. Yeah. Part of me, and I'm not sure, I think we've talked about this, I don't know if it was on air or off air, but what if she was just being in everyone's business to <laughs> promote her album sales. I know. She wasn't promoting it right. the usual way. Yeah, she needed us. But it's also interesting because it seems like she should still be promoting it because she has the tour sales coming. She does. So it seems like a strange time to just like disappear and a lot of people thought oh it means she's gonna do something dramatic now she'll she's, be in shanghai yeah. which <laughs> we she wasn't she wasn't yeah no victoria's secret no surprise appearance at the amas she's just disappeared mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like oh good like taylor's taking her personal time she's doing her me time like she's living she's, her life she's getting ready for jingle ball yeah Bash, <laughs> yeah but it's also like Things just fizzled. It's like we don't have a new single. There's no music video. There's not like there's no like big talk. There's no hype. There's no there's no hype conversation. There's, all, there's a lot of conversation, but it's <laughs> yeah, no nothing from Taylor. Yeah, there's a lot of anxiety because, because there's so much there's so much silence from yeah. Taylor Nation and Taylor yeah. on certain items. There's been a lot of anxiety. It's been a rough week. I mean, we went from like, (laughs) we went from like such a huge high. Everyone was stoked about the album. Everyone was so excited to see it performing so well. And then she just disappeared and just all these bombs have been going off through the fandom. (sighs) But to be fair, like it was a good week. We found out the final numbers and Reputation had another million sales week. So it's Mm -hmm. her fourth in a row. Yep. And it's her highest selling album so far. Yes, it is. But this is where I'm confused because if you look at numbers, yeah. 1989 has said that it's like the highest selling album. But then right. Reputation was the highest selling. They're very even. Oh, really? So it depends on what's just. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very, very even. Whoa. Okay. But when you look at it, 1989 was so highly publicized. Yeah. Versus Reputation, which right. wasn't, and it did just as well. Yeah, and Reputation has the added problem of so many people hating Taylor, yeah. actively not wanting her to succeed. So the fact that this album was like her comeback from her <laughs> career being, you know, she was yeah. told it was over. And so the fact that she squeaked by 1989, even if it was just a tiny bit amount, yeah. like... <gasps> it's just interesting because it, when you think back to her first album ever, yeah. her, you know, Taylor Swift, the album, she only sold 39,000 copies the first baby. week. Such a little baby she's compared to so her million-dollar sales within the <laughs> first know. week. Yeah, she's the only artist in the history of ever to have four albums debut at a ever. million. And I love that it's not the only female yeah. artist. It's... The only artist. Yeah, this is truly, like, there's been so many articles about how Taylor Swift is the only artist left who can really give streaming a run for its money. Yeah. Like, she's the one who's making people buy albums still, and hate her or love her, like, she's doing it very well. And so, even if it's not, like, a shocking amount, like, obviously she didn't get close to Adele's comeback, but she still is killing the game oh, and she dear. she beats herself again and again like it, it only gets better yeah. so can we also talk about how people are 
hating on her for not putting it on Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is where I don't get it because Beyonce still has yet to I put know. formation on any streaming service. Yeah, Adele Jay-Z. took seven months to put yeah. her 25 on streaming. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of other artists who have done the same thing, but everyone calls them, oh, they're smart, they're yeah, like, business savvy. savvy. Yeah. <laughs> But in here, it's like, Can't oh, she's greedy. greedy. Yeah. She wants the money. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, even if that is true, like, why wouldn't she make a business move like that? If people are going to buy the albums because that's the only way to listen, then when obviously that's what you should do. But it's been, it, that was great to see, is that it was a huge sigh of relief. Like, I knew it would happen, but it was nice to see the final numbers. And you know that it's likely she's going to go into her second week at number one. Yes. So. It's great. Like, it's good that the album's doing so well because I love the album. I love seeing people tweet about it still. Celebrities are like, oh, actually, this song is great. My friends who, like, weren't big fans or who felt like she they'd lost all respect for her are now like, oh, Respecting this her. is pretty good. Well, Camilla <laughs> yeah. from, you know, previously Fifth Harmony is tweeting her lyrics and everyone's, yeah. like, going crazy. You have all these fans <laughs> who are using her lyrics and all these yeah. artists who are using her lyrics, too, and it's so, like, relatable, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, there's just some great lyrics out there, yeah. and we're starting to see them across Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. But there's also been some serious drama. <laughs> Which comes hand in hand with, with yeah. Taylor Swift. It's, uh, yeah, it's, this is why we can't have nice themes, yes. is the theme of the era. And this week has proved it because we have the tour coming up, which should be so exciting. Like, there's so much to look forward to when there's a new show. We have the stage layout, yeah, and it's do. exciting. But... More than anything, there is just utter chaos about what is what when it comes to ticket boost, ticket master, sale prices, all of it. Yeah, well, especially since she just announced her European right. Dates. A lot of people are up in arms because she <laughs> yeah. only announced three performances. Three performances two I know. in the UK, one in Ireland. Yeah. Which it's gonna be I think in Ireland on June fourteenth. Yeah, are you summer. gonna make it? I'm hoping to. I'm hoping to because that's when we're going to do our five year anniversary. We said we're going to Ireland. Perfect. um, I'm hoping to get a pre sale access. But that's the thing is there's only three shows in all of Europe. So you're competing competing with with all of Europe. Exactly. It's so crazy. You know, a lot of people are just wondering, like, okay, so I'm doing all of these, just boosting. How Mm -hmm. am I going to get a seat? I know because there's so, even in the US, there's like half as many as 1989. And they're scattered across the country, so there's so much competition for all of these seats. And a lot of people don't know what to expect. Oh, yeah. So by the time that this episode drops, our spot in line for Taylor Swift pre-sale tickets will be solid. It's going to be locked. I'm hoping within the next week she'll release more tour dates, because if people are planning to go to these few select concert dates that she has, people will be taking time off to fly. We have people who will be flying internationally. Yes. We have people who will be flying just like across the country, yeah. people who are going to be paying thousands of dollars for hotels, mm-hmm. for flights, I know. if they buy their ticket <laughs> yeah. on the 9th or the 5th, whatever day they right. have access to it, and then they find out a couple days later that she's going to be an hour away from them, I know. you better hope that they are allowing you to resell these tickets. Right. I honestly don't know why there's so much lack of information. Like, it seems weird that Taylor Nation, Taylor Swift, whoever isn't giving info. And Taylor Nation has been on Twitter. Yeah. They've been tweeting about people putting up posters, who's been listening to what song. <laughs> right. They've seen There's no way they haven't tweets. seen this drama. There's yeah. no way. And it's like, these are, yeah, there's very <laughs> confusing info out there because it's like, 
they're like, oh, this is the first leg of Taylor's tour, or when will we know watch the out for the European, yeah. And so it's like, wait, is this all the European dates, or is this just this one portion? Is she going to do a world tour, is she, or is she pretending that going to three shows in the UK counts as... A world tour. And if she clears it up and says, yes, these are the only dates we're, I'm right. going to do, there still will be complaining, but there will be a lack of confusion right. and we'll complain accordingly. Yeah, because I can't imagine being like in anywhere else in Europe and being like, oh, is this one London show my one chance to see Taylor and do I have to plan an entire vacation around it, you know? Yeah. And so it just seems like it'd be worthwhile to say... We're hoping even to have more dates throughout yeah, because the because she's been Europe. to Germany in the past. She's yeah. been to the Netherlands in the past. These people were planning on not having to travel right. so far. Yeah, and it's like, I can understand from a business standpoint, like, you have to pay these venues a certain amount and hope that you recoup the cost through ticket sales and merch. And maybe her team is like, we don't know necessarily if we can count on filling a Germany stadium. And so it's like, maybe they're just waiting to see how this round of tickets goes. But that is causing a lot of friction in the Mm. fandom because they're like wait is this it and there's just pandemonium and panic and I feel it too do you think maybe Taylor was worried like she was with her pop-up store or album sales that people wouldn't be showing up like maybe it would be like Katy Perry yeah where you're not selling out all of the arenas right exactly I mean it could be that and it could be because it's the first like full stadium tour, like yeah. the only, she's only doing stadiums so far. Is all she's announced is stadiums, and so maybe there is like a okay. Well, if this huge seventy thousand person stadium in Europe is asking for this much money up front, are we going to be able to find seventy thousand fans to fill this up along with the other six stadiums? You know, so I can Here's see it. <laughs> this is this is what I think. Yeah, if the fans won't buy it. Right. We're going to have the bots, we're going to have the ticket <laughs> yeah. who do buy it in hopes of reselling it. So yeah. she's going to be making She'll them sell money. out. Yeah. And even though she isn't the top female artist like this year, this year mm-hmm. money-wise, she's the third. Yeah. I think, you know, they have insurance for this kind right. of stuff. Yeah, and it's like, Taylor Swift disappeared in 2016 and made $44 million. Exactly. <laughs> so it's like, can she afford to pay for this stadium tour? Yeah, she yeah. could. And I am very interested to see how it plays out because it does seem like there's this disengagement from her team and the fans where they just refuse to acknowledge or explain or further show like what it's going to look like. And that goes for the U.S. tour dates too. Like we're here in Houston. We know there will be a show here, but we have no idea what those tickets are going to cost. And we don't know if we're going to lose our spot. Oh, yeah. Like, what if there's so much competition for those tickets? Yeah. That, like, hey. Exactly. You know, it's like, it. we have this Ticketmaster verified fan site. We've been killing ourselves. Well, you've been Which, killing yourself let, boosting. I did the math <laughs> yeah. last night. I did the math, and if you did every single boost, uh-huh. every single day that it was offered without spending a dime, you could uh-huh. essentially have... 5,200 boosts. Oh, really? So that's how much that. you could do. And that's oh, not no. without... But you want to know how much, how, many time, how much time it would take you? Okay. If you only do 45 second, seconds of watching the videos, uh-huh. which not a lot of people know about, right. it'll take you about two and a half days of your life. <laughs> if you're, I feel that. Like, I do. If you're not, because a lot of people, I, I put it on Tumblr, a lot of people didn't know. They were yeah. watching the videos all the way through on one browser. Yeah. It took you 10 days out of... <laughs> Out of this whole, like, three, four-month yeah. process, ten days, that's vacation time. I know. <laughs> De- dedicated to yeah. this. just hitting refresh. I've been killing myself. Like, I honestly haven't been the greatest. You've been my inspiration. <laughs> 
Like, what are you at right now? Like, I am at, I think, 4,300. Yeah. <laughs> but I should be, yeah. once 96 days closes, I'm not going to be anywhere near 5,200. Right. No, but yeah, that's impressive still. And it's, like, stressful, even when you do the tricks to make it. Like, I... I have gotten myself into a corner where I can, because you can only boost in the 24-hour period. Can I tell you that I am giving up my boosting oh, really? hour right now oh, really? to record this podcast? <laughs> That's true dedication. That's true dedication. Because I got stuck where I'm at 11 p.m. now, and I want to die every night when 11 p.m. comes around, and I know I have 30 to 40 minutes of boosting because I'm boosting for my little sister, too. And so that's the thing is, even with these boosts, you have no idea what it guarantees, and on Ticketmaster's preferences, you're like, I don't know, if I put 300 does that mean if there's a $310 seat, I won't be able to see it? Exactly. Or if we run out of $300 tickets, am I screwed? And the VIP packages, you have no idea how much includes. those are cost. So it's like a huge cause of concern. And we're running out of time. The European leg was announced, and they have like seven days to get the money in order to buy these tickets to figure out if they can make those dates. And so it's like... There's just pandemonium in the fandom. No one's happy. Everyone's like, just tell me what this means. Mm-hmm. And I just want to know how much the tickets will be. Just let me know how much I have to sacrifice. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there's been a lot of concern that maybe, you know, Taylor Swift worked really hard to meet a lot of fans up front this era. She did amazing things with the Secret Sessions. She was greeting fans at the pop-up, at the SNL line. She really has gone out of her way for fans, but suddenly there's this, like, oh, is that it? Like, is this over? Like, <laughs> we're in this bloodbath to try and Top get tickets. Liver to yeah. Her. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no, like, these tickets are extremely higher, it seems, than past shows have been, at least from the fact that they go up to 350 plus. But it starts at $50. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> so, standing room only. Yeah. <laughs> So we just have no idea where we'll end up, and it's sort of alarming to think that we won't have any information going into next week when we have to lock in our preferences, you know, when we don't know if our place in line is going to guarantee us anything, and Mm -hmm. then when tickets go on sale, it's like, During pre-sale times for Taylor Swift... I'm, I get flushed, I get red, I get anxious. Like during, it's like a, an hour or two that I'm, yes. I can't concentrate on anything. It's like a war. We're like preparing for battle and yeah. we don't know We're what. putting on all of the cyborg yes. stuff that Taylor's puts on. Yeah. So it's been, it's been a little bit of a bummer of a week for me. I mean, it's a what, lot of stress. What we do have to look forward to is yeah. before we even have to think about buying tickets yeah. or sitting down on the computer, she's going to be at Jingle Ball. That's She'll, true. And Pop she does have a couple shows She'll have two up. shows coming up before people buy. So yeah. they, can, they can have a taste <laughs> test of like, oh, do I actually want to yeah. pay money for this? <laughs> is this worth it? <laughs> and maybe that's where she is. She's just in the rehearsal day after day after day and she hasn't been on Twitter. She doesn't know people are <laughs> yeah, you know, stressed out and crying. Yeah. 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 And then something good that's happening is the Swift Life. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. It's coming our way. Actually, November 30th is the last time that you'll be able to access Taylor Connect. Oh, yeah. I have honestly never heard of Taylor Connect, so... <laughs> so, I've heard of Taylor Connect. I've never really used it. Yeah. So, I really haven't ever been on yeah. it. It's just on her website. You see Taylor Connect, and oh, okay. that's how you sign is up it like for... message boards and stuff? It's like a message board, right. kind of like Reddit, but that's oh, also how you sign up for her mailing list. Oh, that's okay. Okay, okay. I don't. I haven't heard much about the Swift Life, like Taylor being actually active on. She's it. liked stuff. People, oh, she has. yeah. People have tweeted out that oh, okay. oh Taylor's like my post. Taylor's like this. I'm also apprehensive to see if she's going to 
be doing like a 2.0 version where people have to pay for it. I know. That's, yeah. It's, it seems like that's what this era is. It's leading a lot to. Of, <laughs> a lot of money. A lot of money. <laughs> but it is, I am curious to see the app. I don't know how active I'll be. And honestly, I'm sort of jaded about it. I feel like I don't necessarily believe maybe that it's Taylor Swift as easily because it seems like it's an app that can easily generate activity on her behalf. Yeah. yeah. But that's just me being a pessimist. So Maybe when knows? we meet her, we can yeah. be like, can we see the Taylor Swift <laughs> yeah. app Do you have phone? this? Yeah. <laughs> but it has been stressful, but there's good things to look forward to. We'll there get is. more live performances. Yes. Maybe then she'll break her silence on some things, and we'll get more info on the tour. Hopefully. Yes, Fingers hopefully. crossed. Because she's not... She's not naive to this. I know. But the one thing I did like that we got, and I continue to love these. did you like? (laughs) The behind the scenes videos, Uh, the making of her music. What music music was it? Well, this week, it just, all the stars aligned, and she released I Did Something Bad, which is what we'll be going into. Hmm. So it was perfect. She must have gotten an email. Yeah, she was reading her mind. She must listen to our podcast. (laughs) She knew. But I love this. Did you? What did you think of it? I really liked it. It was I, a good one. I was stressed out at first because, of course, I don't have AT and T. Oh no, <laughs> I have Verizon. I don't even yeah. have cable. Yeah. So uh, someone posted it on uh, Vimo, Vimeo. I yeah. don't know. And I watched it. Yes. And it just—it was seven minutes long, and it was—I was just so hungry for something. I know. It was and so good. I got it. And unlike Gorgeous, mm-hmm. we only got a couple of neat peeks of what the original lines right. were. Yeah. Um, and I remember texting you. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, <laughs> I know, what you're so did excited. she say? And so like, instead of, so I play them like a violin, she said, people have been on my case for a long time. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, was, I like, I just love to see like the process of how like one verse becomes something well, else. It's sort of like, it starts like really raw and like very yeah. on the nose, right? Yeah. So it's like very obvious, like. And then she sort of plays it. She, you can see how she tightens it to be more poetic or like less Awkward. obvious. Yes, yeah. yes. And you can still hear that rhythm is still mm-hmm. there. She still has that rhythm has still there. She might change the lyrics, but she has a clear vision. Yeah. She also had said like, so I have a little fun of mine, yes. have a little fun of mine, which later became I make it look oh so easy. Yeah, which, which kind of like plays into the I did something bad. Like yeah. she's having a little fun of her own exactly. because she's like manipulating right. them, making people. <laughs> so it kind of it kind of fits into that mold. And what I really would like to see is how she like her process of how she like knows when to change the lyrics. I know how she knows when to tweak it because she tweaked the song. Oh yeah. Perfectly. I know, because so we get that day one, and then it's like, I don't, it, I think it was a couple weeks later. It was, yeah, it was like one or two weeks yeah. later. And she's in the studio with Max Martin and Shellback, and I, they she's just working looked, on it. It looks like they're just really just hanging out their friends. Oh, I know, I loved it. Just shooting things back and forth. I like, I, I thought it was so great. It was very vindicating for me, because a lot of the major complaints I've gotten as a Taylor Swift fan, and people come to me with their proof or whatever... <laughs> They're like, she doesn't write her own With stuff, their Shelby. Works, yeah. <laughs> and their receipts. Yeah. And they're like, Max Martin and Shellback make these amazing songs that all these pop stars sing. She obviously isn't doing this herself. And it bothers me so much. Like, it gets under my skin more than any other critique of Taylor's. Yeah. 
because I know she's a songwriter and the people she writes with consistently say this, but people just refuse to see it. So she's coming and back so, with her own yeah. receipts. And so here she is with a video, like yeah. a literal timestamp video that's like, look at me owning this room tell as I tell them what I want. I want this. Like, oh yeah. no, that's annoying. No, I like yeah. it. Yeah. And she's like, I had this weird dream. We're going to make it happen. She's like, listen to me sing with total confidence. Like I'm not sitting here being like, oh, like... Let me just, do you think this is a good idea? Or like, I'm sorry to interrupt, but maybe like this would be good here. She's just like, this is what I want. This is what I see. This is my vision. Like you guys make it happen, you know? Obviously like very collaborative and very professional and like respectful. And I love their relationship, but it was amazing as a woman to just watch this woman own her room. Like she just... Where, totally like one of them it. was like, "Oh no, I, I don't like that computerized voice." <laughs> yeah. She's like, "No, I need it to be." She's like, like that. "Yeah, I like that. That's perfect." Yeah, and it's like, "Yes, girl, like you tell them." But it was just so good to see how she owned it and she knew what she wanted, and it was just fun to see her take her dream of that weird Bra- sound. Yeah, and she made it into this weirder sound, which is just great. When you first listened to the song, I don't know if this if you thought this, but with that ra da da da, I was like. Who is that? Yeah. Like, is that, like, who's, yeah. who's singing that? Who's, it sounds like, like a, a, man. a man. Yeah. But then you find out <laughs> yeah. it's her. She is. I know. Which kind of makes me feel like you thought that this is what you came for mm-hmm. was a man who wrote the song, and then you find out. Mm, yeah. You never girl. know the full story. You make yeah. all these assumptions. And I loved it because I think Taylor has been trying to use this era to say, like, you guys have this idea of me, but here's the actual me, and, like, deal with it, you know? And I think what was interesting this week, too, was Joseph Kahn had an interview with Vulture, I think, and in it, he was talking about his own work, but they asked about Taylor Swift, obviously. (laughs) You can never do an interview where people don't ask about Taylor Swift. Yeah. That's probably why they want to interview him. Oh, yeah, I know. He mentioned that, too, which is so funny to think of those poor reporters being like, well, yep, that's the game. And But in it, he talks about working with Taylor and how... They were like, oh, so you love anime, so you did the Ready For It music video, right? And he's like, actually, she had the idea. I just, like, added little details. Actually, Taylor Swift has probably been watching <laughs> Westworld yeah. and got the idea yeah. from Westworld. <laughs> exactly. And he says, like, he loves working with her because she's very technical. Like, it's not just, like, I have this fun idea. Like, she knows how to speak his language. and She's been way- in this biz yeah. for... 12 years. Uh, yeah. She knows. Like, she's paid attention. She's smart. Mm-hmm. She knows what she's doing. And if people are going to say that she's calculated and cares about her image so much, then they have to acknowledge that she also cares enough to put the work into That it. she's calculating about everything. Yeah. Not just her image, about <laughs> right. her music, about everything. Yeah. And so, Joseph Kahn was like, Taylor understands all these, like, details and understands how to edit. And I think that's amazing that she does have this control. And you see that in the making of I Did Something Bad, where she explains the production to us. You know, Mm -hmm. she's like, oh, look at this weird sound I had a dream of. Here's me making the magic happen with this weird... (laughs) Yeah, and you see this in every behind-the-scenes video Uh that she's released with the Ready For It, with Look What You Made Me Do. You see her talking to people and making, like, suggestions and making twerks and making things just go the way she wants them to. It's amazing to see how involved she is in the process, and I hope... I mean, I don't necessarily think these are going mainstream like they are on DirecTV, so you have to be on, like, Tumblr or something to get the link to the download, but I hope people start to look at these when they question Taylor's 
Well, at least we have receipts to yes. Let me tell you. Yes. Look at this. I know. I'm just waiting for someone to challenge me on this because it's just it's amazing to see it. Yes. (laughs) And I think this song especially is so rich, and we've actually heard a lot about this song because it was one of the ones that was released in the Mm iHeartRadio Secret Sessions. And so she was talking about um, how this was the first song where her and Max Martin were like, oh, this is different from 1989, this is going to work. Like, this is this was where the turning point for the album, where she's like, okay, I have this vision, I see where it's going, this is the sound. I, mean, I love that it's the third song. Yeah. The day that the album dropped, we were both like, we love this song. Yes, this is top four, it still is. Yes, like, I, it still is. I love this song, I thought it was such a fun sound, and when you get into the lyrics, you know mm. it's like a pretty smart one, too. And it's juicy. Yes! It's just like... So much there. It's packed in there. And, like, this is one of the critics' favorite, too. Everyone kind of loves it. Which is good, because I know when she starts putting her drama into her work and into her music, people (laughs) People criticize for it. So it's good that the critics Mm -hmm. like it. I know, and it's been fun to read because I agree with all of it. Because, like... Tell me. Yeah, Spin called it steely and excellent. The Guardian talks about her persona in it and how this song sets her up as a glacial manipulator of men, Mm. which I love. Oh, I loved that. I know. (laughs) Variety calls it bracing and says that most of the album doesn't leave room for, like, the breakup songwriter to come out, but here she is on I Did Something Bad, playing it out like less of a satirical version of Blank Space. I was just thinking of Blank Space throughout this whole song. It's like she finally, she She drew back the curtain and just, like, showed it. She's like, fine, this is how you see me, like... This is the real, like, behind-the-scenes Taylor, you Mm -hmm. know? And then Time gave it a lot of praise and called it bombastic and a banger of a track with blazing imagery. I loved this Time article because they went through track by track by track and they they (laughs) reviewed it. It's just so great. It's rich. It's great. We'll be visiting it a lot. Yes, you will. (laughs) And then Vox actually called it the best song on the album and said it's petty but catchy. Petty but catchy, yes. (laughs) Which is true and why I love it. There was rumors that this is going to be the next single. And that, yeah. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I would love that too. I would love it. I would love it. I would love this music. Potentially, this the the music video she just recorded will be this one. The one in London? Yeah. Oh wow. I don't know. I have no idea. There's all these rumors going on. I just it's been that'd be interesting because I kind of pictured something more like even Bad Blood esque, where it's like explosions and death and yes. That's what I want from this, but we'll me see. too. <laughs> me too. And we don't know exactly what we're getting. Right. I mean, a kebab shop for I know. Bad. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. I Check believe. Your yeah. But a lot of people are like, yeah, they talk about how this is petty, how it's sort of juicy, how it's about this guy or this guy. But is it that salty? Like, who do you think it's about? You know. Mm, I. I think that there are a few people who she calls out. Yeah. Which I'm not surprised because. Everyone knows about it. Right, It's been in the media. It shouldn't be that shocking. Yeah, it'd be almost weirder for her to not acknowledge things. Exactly. People are upset, but then again, before (laughs) this came out, everybody wanted it. I know. People just can't... They're not happy. But this track is irresistible, and so they love it. I think, like, with Endgame, she's sort of toying with us, so it's not necessarily a traditional breakup track. So, you know, it's but like... it's not it's even like, a breakup track for with relationships. Oh, yeah. It's a breakup track for friendships. Yeah. Relationships, like... With, yeah. Just because she... I, there is a lot of Kim and Kanye references in here, but then there are also Calvin references. Right. So it's not necessarily like, oh, like, oh my boyfriend did something bad, right. so I left him. Yeah, I know. A secret sessioner was talking about it, and she was like, 
when Taylor introduced this song at the session, she was like, this was early on in the process when she was still in that screw you phase and she had to not care in order to protect herself. So I think that's interesting because if you do listen to the song, you can definitely pick out specific instances where she felt, pardon the pun, burned. Mm -hmm. But um, it also just has a general reference to the 2016 crapshoot, you know? Oh, which kind of leads me into, if you'll let me talk about this, it's the third track. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The 15 Taylor series. The third track. It's we the need our third Taylor. Yes. And 2016, 2015 was kind of a crapshoot for it her was, because yeah. it even started out as an omen, if you will, mm-hmm. being bad. Like telling her what was to come. Because oh, yeah. the moment she dropped Shake It Off, people were like clawing oh, yeah. at her, trying to get something bad because it was culturally inappropriate. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that she chose to have the shake it off Taylor. Oh, that's right. As the third Taylor. But I also was thinking that, you know, she's, I posted about this, but it's, is it a coincidence that she's also being like, she's not going to shake it off anymore. I think she's playing into the media's narrative of, yes, I did something bad. Let the haters hate because she's just going to play them like a violin and make it look, oh, so easy. Let the playboys play because she's going to fly them around the world and then leave them before she gets left. And it's going to be all right because they're going to burn her. So light her up. Yeah. Like, the funnest Look she's at ever that. had. You know, it's just really interesting because also when she is doing the bow, like from right, 1989, she falls down, right. which kind of basically she she, 1989 era crumbled her. Yeah, and then it also leads into the zombie Taylor. <laughs> Look at that! So wow, that's my take. That on is crazy. Bird Taylor. Yeah. That's pretty convincing, you know? And I think it is, it's true that this song is sort of a release. It's like a cathartic anthem regarding everything that went wrong in her career. And so now it's sort of the new era Swift Mm -hmm. where she's unapologetic. She's taking no one's shit. Yeah. And she's just protective of her own stuff. So it's like, let's get into this. Let's do it. Because we have so much to unpack. Waiting for this moment since the day it dropped. Yes, I have. I've been keeping notes on it because I just think this song is so rich it's just honestly the english major in me was freaking out reading into these lyrics because even beyond endgame which was very like you know sort of rapid but interesting this has a lot more in it so i'm ready let's get into because you know she's holding her head high she's unapologetic and fiercely protective of her own success yes so it's my turn to read (coughs) this is i did something bad verse one I never trust a narcissist, but they love me, so I play them like a violin, and I make it look oh so easy, because for every lie I tell them, they tell me three. This is how the world works. Now all he thinks about is me. Just right off the bat, it is so rich. It is. For me, at least, I thought of Calvin. Oh, I thought right of off the bat. Kanye. Oh yeah, <laughs> because Calvin has never been known as a narcissist. In uh, have you the seen public. his Instagram? Yes, I have. But <laughs> there have been multiple media outlets. Oh, that's true. That has called. Uh, it was like Kanye's narcissist nuggets. Right. But he like basically compares himself to the Michael Jordan of music. Oh yeah, definitely. Kanye is a narcissist. I, you know, he has an overinflated sense of self. He thinks yeah. he is the best. He has an artist. Ego. Yeah. <laughs> he is outrightly stated in everything that he is. He's the best artist. He's asked yeah. people for apologies because they've made fun of him during a skit. <laughs> but how does it then play into 
How does she make him love her? Let me tell you. Make them love you. Because she basically pretended like she was his friend. Right. She gave him the Vanguard Award. Right. She was saying how she, you know, she kind of like buttered him up and was like, mm-hmm. the first um, album I ever bought was College Drop-Off for my brother. He is yeah. like, one of the best artists out there. Yeah. You know, she basically was, like, she posted on So he came Instagram. around to her. He came yeah. to ra- around her. You know, she definitely, like, has made him feel like that they were friends for that brief second. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think it's definitely, like, you see that play out in this idea, right? The first introduction is that she tells lies. So for every lie yeah. I tell them, um, they the tell The lie she three. was telling him mm-hmm. was basically we're friends. Right. Like, I like him. When probably <laughs> yeah. underneath it, she didn't like right. him at all. Well, and also and the lie a- she told was that she'd never heard... She'd never talked about famous, but exactly. then it turns out she. That did. they did talk yeah. about famous, so that's like a direct and lie that she was. They tell me free. Yeah, so that's where I was. And now all he thinks about is me. Like you know, I know that mm-hmm. because of all this, Taylor has been on Kanye's mind. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it also like I definitely see the Kanye illusions, and I think she is purposely playing into this general <laughs> acknowledgement that she attracts like really narcissistic dudes Mm -hmm. and I think Calvin you can see him in this verse too because you know he has this ego you see through his weird snapchat instagram he's pretty full of himself he had a lot of drama with how he played um Rita Ora who once they broke up he's like this is my song don't ever perform it again and then I think you saw a lot of their tumultuous relationship after they broke up because of the way... His Twitter rant. Yes, his Twitter rant, which to me is a reference that she makes here when she says, now all he thinks thinks about about is me, because it's like, he can't stop talking about her, even still, like, even with his songs, his different music videos, there's a lot of allusions to Taylor, maybe, or he references their breakup still in interviews and stuff. Well, he's upset with a getaway car. Yeah. Because he's like, (laughs) I wish she would have just been, like open with me. I know. So it's like, that's the thing is, this is how the world works. So I think she knows that she's been caught in these relationships that end up making her look bad because she made mistakes or because she told her lies. But I think that plays into this more general reading of it where she's saying, the public has this idea of me. The celebrity world means that every statement, every photo is going to tell a story. So she does have to sort of control it. And I think here she's saying like, yeah, maybe I have had told little white lies or I've done these little publicity stunts. Yeah. And she's like, but that's the game. That's how the world works. You guys want me to be in the public, but I'm going to control it as best I can. And so I think there is this setup where she's playing into a lot of different references to 2016. That's what I think about this song. I Mm -hmm. think that she's playing, like you said, playing into the media's, like, view of her. Yes. How, you know, she's manipulative and she lies. Like, that's the great thing about this song is that... Here I am being like, oh, I think it's about Kanye. Yeah. And here you are saying, I think it's about Calvin. <laughs> yeah. She's not making those little um, Easter eggs like she yeah. used to. That's it's like, not like maple lattes. Like this is yeah. about Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's just there's little pieces here and there, but they can be read into in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that Taylor does have this effect on men, on the public, on people. Well, like and they all just the media, talk. when they get together yeah. with Jake, when they get together with Harry, when they get together <laughs> yes. with all these other exes, they have to think about Taylor because the media is going to ask them about it's Taylor. It's amazing. I love it. That's yeah. how the world works. And she's showing that she knows it. She mm-hmm. understands it. Yeah. Well, let's get into the pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. I can feel the flames on my skin. Crimson 
red paint on my lips. If a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing. I don't regret it one bit because he had it coming. Oh, yes, so that good. was the best line it was of the crazy. whole song. Yeah, man talks shit. I owe him nothing. It's so great. I mean, first off, just the, just based on like first listens, like it was just so amazing to hear her drop a swear word like oh, that because yeah. she's never sworn before like a big swear word. You know, which I kind of I like that like in reference to Kanye saying um, I made that bitch famous. Mm-hmm. She goes and she's like, if a man talks shit, like she cusses in her song too. And it's, I don't know, it's a little more I classy. Love it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, she took her one swear chance and she made the most of it because it wasn't just a throwaway. This is like saying like, if a man is going to try and take credit from me or tell me that he, I owe him something, like, no, he had it coming. And I think this is amazing considering Taylor's year because she did have... Kanye coming after her. She did have Calvin saying, like, stop trying to bury me. And then she had the media being like, why are you doing this to poor Tom? And she just came off of her sexual assault trial. Yeah. Where she had a man who was saying, like, oh, well, I just felt like taking this, so sorry. And she's like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. She's she's giving every woman in the history of the world something to say. Yes. (laughs) And it's just amazing that she's putting her foot down here because she's like, Newsflash, I don't owe you guys anything. Mm -mm. And you guys are trying to rip me apart, but it's like, I did you all favors, I did you all kindnesses, I'm done. You know? Yeah, she's not being a nice girl. I also like getting into a little bit of the lyrics was when I first thought of like, I can feel the flames on my skin, Mm -hmm. I thought it was more the anger that she felt because like people are doing all this stuff. But also it could be she could feel, you know, the heat of people with pitchforks coming yeah. to burn her at the stake. Oh, definitely. I was like, yes. It's like, I'm sure she was aware throughout her career yeah. of everyone's little whispers about how she's problematic. Everyone's saying, mm-hmm. oh, she's fake. And it was coming to a yeah, rage she just here. felt that, I think it was, I think it was a combination of both. She was so yeah. hot and mad, and then she could feel people coming yeah. for her. And then I noticed in Endgame, she talks about how here's a truth from my red lips. Mm-hmm. So she's sticking to this, and she's saying crimson red paint on my lips. Like, she's going right. to tell them still. Yeah. I, know, I just, I really like the pre-chorus. Yeah, and I think it's great that she does have these, these linking lyrics throughout her songs that really pull the album together so that you know you have to contextualize it within the whole picture album because it's just not song by song yeah it's yeah this isn't red this isn't like oh this song's a calvin takedown this song's a tom takedown it's like this is her reputation you Mm -hmm. know and i think it's interesting with the if a man talks shit then i owe him nothing you know like we were saying she's like very protective of her success now like you saw when famous happened, what upset her most was that he's like, I made this bitch famous. She's like, no, I did it. And I'm sure it's because throughout her career, people have been parceling off her success to other men. Mm -hmm. And I think with Calvin, you know, he didn't want to acknowledge that, yeah, he did collaborate with his then girlfriend. And she's like, why am I with you? You know? It also speaks the fact that Kanye's a narcissist. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. And she's done with people taking credit for her success, so she goes off. Yep, and she says in the chorus, they say I did something bad, then why does it feel so good? Mm. They say I did something bad, mm. why does it feel so good? Yeah. Most fun I ever had, and I'd do it over and over and over again if I could. Yes. It just felt so good. This is such a good yes. chorus. I loved how 
And within this chorus, you hear, like, the gunshots. Bang, bang, yes. bang. Because it also references to look what you made me do. Yes. How they said the gun was hers. Yeah, and call it what you want. She brought a knife to the gunfight. Exactly. She wasn't ready for There's this. There's so many gun references. I love it. <laughs> and also, she's not saying, I did something bad. Oh, I know. She's saying, they say I did something bad. I know, bad. which is amazing. Because this isn't a victim song, but she is pointing out her incredulous, like, reaction to these people saying she did something wrong. When all she did was say... I don't like you calling me a bitch, and Mm -hmm. I don't like you taking credit for my songwriting, you know? I love it. I think this is such a good... This is like peak Taylor. This is everything I love about Taylor is because she's like, yeah, like, I'm not perfect, but, like, you guys are fake, too, you know? And it's like... Let's just all put that out. awful, yeah. Let's open the windows and air it all out. Yeah. Let me tell you. And it's like, she should do it over and over and over again if she can, because it's like... You should take him to task for ever trying to claim your success or your song or whatever. Like, this is the F.U. stage of the album, no, and is. you can feel and that. I'm sure. It felt pretty good. Yeah. She, like... I know. I love it. And this is just great. She is, like, fine. Screw all of you. I'm done pretending to be nice to all of you. I hate you. You hate me. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need friends anymore. Yeah. So, verse 2... I never trust a playboy, but they love me, so I fly around the world, and I let them think they saved me. They never see it coming, what I do next. This is how the world works. you got to leave before you get left. This is a great verse. It's a great verse. She is talking about how people see her. She's always dating these pretty boys who, you know, she just goes around the world with them. She just rides on one of her two jets and, well, like, makes the most it's of it. It's reminiscent of blank space. Grab mm-hmm. your passport in my hand. I can make the bad guys good for a weekend. Yeah. And it's interesting to think of this in the context of Taylor's diary, you know? Mm -hmm. Because to me, and maybe you have a different read, but I really read this to be about Tom. Well, you know, (laughs) uh, over two weeks, they traveled to Rhode Island, to England, to Rome. Yes. They traveled over 6,500 miles. I know. And I think it's just, you know, he's this older guy. He's this charming, suave, like, James Bond type who's perpetually single. Uh, He wanted to be James Bond. He wanted to be. And I think the most telling line is, I let them think they saved me. He probably thinks he saved her from Calvin Exactly. Harris. Yeah, I think it was like... But she just needed right. an excuse to Yeah, she, getaway car really puts him in his place. Yeah. But it's like her coming out here and finally saying, I've let like, these relationships define me, but in reality, like I've been fine on my own. Like, And she writes know. in, I don't... I, from top of my head, I can't remember which song it is within Reputation, but she basically says she lives alone and she's fine yeah, with that. Like, yeah. She doesn't need a man to save her. Exactly. Oh, yes. Yeah. And this, the pre-chorus here is my favorite. Oh, yes. I can feel the flames on my skin. He says, don't throw away a good thing. But if he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. And if he spins my change, then he had it coming. Dang! Who is this about? I like, okay, so I think there's a split here because a lot of people read this either way. But I think it's very much about Tom. Really? Yeah, I do. And I'm going to tell you why. (laughs) Okay, so first off, he says, don't throw away a good thing. Taylor, we know, dumped Tom, but I think Tom was really broken up about it, and I think Tom's relationship to Taylor was one that's really interesting to me, but Tom Hiddleston is famous, not to the same degree as Taylor. I mean, just to be a little bit petty, uh, Tom Hiddleston's net worth, I think, is like 15 million. Mm -hmm. Taylor Swift's is 280 million. Mm -hmm. And Tom was pretty happy to be running through the world with Taylor Swift. He made very sure that it was very public. 
yeah. that it was very out there. And I don't think he necessarily got with her for the publicity, but it was there was hurt. talk about, yeah, there was talk that he was gunning for James Bond, that he needed more of a big-name draw. So it's interesting because this line, if he drops my name, then I owe him nothing. And to me, name-dropping is when you purposely mention someone to make yourself look cool. Mm-hmm. And Tom Hiddleston knew he was dating up, right? Like, he oh, yeah. knew it. And while he might not have solely done it for the attention, like, he loved the attention. And I remember one time in the midst of their whirlwind romance, he was interviewed by, like, Hollywood Reporter. And he was just, like, really awkward about it because he kept mentioning her by her full name. He was like, oh, yes, Taylor Swift and I are in a relationship. Taylor Swift and I are happy together. Taylor Swift and I. And it's like... like, why don't you call her Taylor? like, yeah, like, who are you? Like, Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting because... The rumor around their split, when all the sources came out, and who knows if these are true, but it was that Tom wanted her to go to the Emmys, Mm -hmm. and she was like, we've been too public, it's going to be too much, I don't want to. And he was really insistent on being public, on being out there, on being each other's, like... Side piece. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's when she broke up, and, you know, she was like, this is where he had it coming. Like, he pushed me too hard, Mm -hmm. and I'm done. Like, I realize this isn't working, this isn't what I'm interested in, I'm over it. And see, I see it from a totally different standpoint. (laughs) I thought it was screaming Calvin. I know. You know, I was actually wondering, like, because they were together for so long, if he was like, don't throw away this bad thing. Yeah. We're a solid couple, like, people respect our relationship, Mm -hmm. one of the most serious relationships Taylor has had, so don't throw away a good thing. And, you know, we have that... Calvin Harris drama when he mm-hmm. was in an interview with people talking to Ryan Seacrest and Ryan asked Calvin if he would ever collaborate with Taylor Yeah, and he said we haven't spoken about it I can't see it happening though no she's about to take a long break and you know this apparently has been a rumor that has rubbed Taylor the wrong way and it led to their breakup because yeah. she co-wrote This Is What You Came For. And oh, yeah. I was reading an article on Vox that said, hence, in the song, Swift is likely playing on the idea of Harris's name dropping. Not in the usual obnoxious way that people do when they want you to know that they know someone famous, right. like Tom, when Tom was yeah. saying Taylor Swift, but in the way that Harris metaphorically dropped her name from the writing credits during the interview with people and took sole credit for the song. Yeah, no, I think it's interesting. The whole this is what you came for drama is one that's always been mesmerizing because it was like just a it was just a total disaster. And so oh, she has this like really layered song here. Which is so great because we have that instance where you think it's about Tom, <laughs> I think yeah. it's about Cal- Calvin, and it can work to either yeah. one's narrative. And the point is, it doesn't even matter because mm-hmm. this is like a feminist anthem. It's exactly. like what matters is that he had it coming, she doesn't owe anyone anything, and she's happy to move on and just chant the F out of this. Yep. They say I did something bad, then why does it feel so good? They say I did something bad, why does it feel so good? Most fun I ever had, i do it over and over and over again. If I could, it just felt so good. I good. know. Then we I, lead up to the bridge. Well, I think about this, right, and I think it's even beyond just her relationships. It's like, literally everything Taylor Swift does is bad. This whole past week, all of her fans have been saying that she's doing something bad. Yeah, I know. Everyone says it, and she's just like, well, I'm just gonna live my life because I'm having fun. And it's like, I love good. it. But yeah, then you go into this bridge, oh, which just... Bridge. Just leading up to the bridge, too, it's like... Yes. They're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. They've got pitchforks and proof. They're receipts and reasons. They're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. Light me up. Light me up. 
Light me up. Light me up. <laughs> yes. I love on, this. On, 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 on. I think it's such a powerful bridge. And you I know I love bridges. I <laughs> love bridges. I love the I clapping do. part because I'll be driving and I'll take my hands off the wheel and I'll just start clapping. Yeah. Light me up. It's irresistible. And I think it's really interesting. We talked about the Burning All the Witches because it was in the Ready For It yeah. music video. And as I was listening to the song, I felt like it really contextualized it better for me. At first listen, I was like, this is sort of a strange bridge. But then you feel that. Yeah, you feel the flames burning. You feel it, like, rising and that anxiety building. Like, if you look at the past verses that she was talking about, Mm -hmm. um, after every single one, it says, I I feel the the flames. Mm -hmm. So after all this drama with Calvin and Kanye, with Tom, she's feeling it. She's feeling the flames rising. She's feeling them come closer and closer. So finally in this bridge... We get where they are burning her. She's like, bring it on. Yeah, I think it's amazing. They're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one, is directly referencing like all the all the witch hunts all the times mm-hmm. women have been burned at the stake for being women. Like this is a line that any woman could sing mm-hmm. and like have that same sense of frustration, that same building of angst. Because women historically aren't only going against like the privilege men have of being like top tier. We have to not only prove ourselves, we have to prove them wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like Joseph Kahn talked about this in his interview where he's like, women, especially Taylor, are looked at through a totally different lens than men, you know? Female performers are held to a different standard than men, which we've talked about again and again because you have people who just, like, don't care when Justin Bieber or John Mayer or Drake are problematic. They're just like, oh, well, boys will be boys. But Taylor is seen through this really critical lens where everything she does is criticized, and it's like... Throughout her career, though, she's refused to take the bait. She's not on an apology tour. No, I love that she's not on the yeah. apology tour. And it's just like, she's saying, yeah, you guys are trying to fault me for things I don't think were wrong. And I love it. And I think, again, like I warned you, the English major in me freaked out over this. And I was thinking about this poem by Margaret Atwood, which is called um, Half-Hanged Mary, mm-hmm. and it's about her ancestor, like her real ancestor who was, who was hung for being a witch but mm-hmm. lived. Oh, and so, wow. so the poem is like from her perspective, and at the end she says, before I was not a witch, but now I am one. And I think that's what Taylor's feeling. is like she's had this bottled up, and you can feel that in the energy of the song. It's just like this tension and this mm-hmm. angst rising. And now she's just like, fine, light me up. You know, like I'm done well, playing the game. One thing I liked about in the um, Ready For It music videos, when she's standing there with mm-hmm. her arms open, yeah. like, and the lightning is just yeah. coming to her robotic face and underneath says the, they're yeah. burning the witches, but she's just like, she's taking it. She's not yeah. running away. She's standing there and she is taking light it. Me up. Light me up. <laughs> I know. I think it's just so interesting how... Taylor Swift thought she was doing everything right. She didn't drink. She didn't party. She didn't fall apart. You know, she was always really modest and really coy. And, like, she thought she was playing the game people wanted. She always looked perfect. Yeah. She wasn't in, like, grungy clothes. (laughs) Yeah. And they still hated her for it. They still vilified her. They still came after her. And so now she's like, yeah, she's like, (laughs) she's like, here's my battle cry. Like, I'm done. Like, this isn't a victimization of her. This isn't, like, her being like, boo-hoo me. This is like... I'm fully confident, and I know I wasn't in the wrong on any of this, but if you're going to burn me, fine. And it's interesting because it's just so frustrating that she has this beef with Kanye West, right? And Kanye West, like you said, is a complete problematic person. And if... He's lost more than one friendship, I'll tell you that. (laughs) And Kanye was freaking photographed with Donald Trump, literally supported him, 
And people are ready to, like, forgive him, you know? Meanwhile, Taylor Swift doesn't, doesn't say who she voted for, and she's seen as problematic, she's seen as a bad feminist, she's seen as the reason for why the world is the way it is. It's insane that people have these blinders on and refuse to see the double standard at play. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Well, I was, uh, I Instagrammed this, but Spencer Pratt yes. had, um... Another problematic another dude. Another problematic dude. <laughs> so Spencer Pratt, from those who are too young to know, was on the hills. Yes. Loves Taylor. Yeah. He was Snapchatting a while ago, thinking, like, <laughs> look what you made me do. And so I messaged him on Snapchat. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't think he Not was going to reply. yeah. <laughs> and he messaged me back with, like, an emoji being like... You get me. <laughs> and then I put it on our Swiftish account, yeah. and I have tagged him, and he hearted that back. He messaged us back. Yeah. And it, it was very interesting because Spencer Pratt, he wrote a uh, glowing review, track by track, for our favorite yes. Cosmo magazine. And he went through every single track, and mm-hmm. he had his, one of his favorite songs was... I did something well, bad. That. He was like, I love this. This is what he said. He said, I'm writing Taylor so hard lately because fools are on the timeline hating her like Spencer 2009. Yeah. <laughs> His biggest question was, when did Taylor become as hated as Spencer Pratt? Yeah. But <laughs> if you haven't read the article, it's pretty funny because yeah. it's just hilarious. And if you follow him on Snapchat, he is basically always he has a cute little baby and <laughs> all the music behind the scenes is taylor swift yeah. he's playing taylor swift's music <laughs> to his daughter well it's good making a swifty out of her yeah and this like the finale of this song is so powerful and she's like all the background vocals all the like final chorus outro it's really like vindicated feeling yes. you know and i think it reminds me i mean of course we're like taylor biased right we love mm-hmm. her we see her for who she really is yes. But I think I've always been so mesmerized by the way people hate on her because I remember this article. It really just rubbed me the wrong way, but it was back in 2016, and it was called The Moment You Knew Taylor Swift Was Lying to You. And oh. it, took, it took like all these different like journalists' opinion, and they all got to pick a time where they were like, oh, this is when I knew Taylor was fake. And it was all these people who were like, well, I knew it when Taylor Swift and Jake Gyllenhaal were walking together because no one walks that way. And then it was like, I knew it when Taylor Swift and Harry got together because, I'm sorry, everyone in the history of the world has a type except for Taylor Swift. And I was like, first off, her type is like dramatic, emotional musician. And now you know? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's just like really weird the way we look at celebrities and we like, you have to live a public life for us. And then we get mad and decide every public thing they do is somehow mm-hmm. fake or driven towards their brand and stuff. And I just think it's really disturbing and it has to be really frustrating for someone who's tried to be honest and gotten flack for it, who's tried to be coy and gotten flack for it, and who's now like, I can't do anything right. You know what like kinda like just peeves me yeah. the most is that journalists are out there calling Taylor manipulative, trying, yeah. you know, <laughs> making them, you know, she, oh, she only makes us see what she wants, it's right. so fake. Journalists do the same thing. Oh, yeah. Their whole, like, livelihood is writing articles from their point of view, getting the facts behind that, making the narrative fit mm-hmm. how they want the readers to yeah. see it. Well, and reacting in real time. Like, yeah. journalism now is a lot splashier than it has been. Like, people are like, oh, this is what it's about without really looking at the facts, without really studying it. Like, we sometimes put more research into these episodes than I think a lot of people do on their weird journals. Yeah. (laughs) Because I think, I mean, there was an article just this week from Pop Matters that was like, 
at some point Taylor Swift stopped being a human and started being a talking point. And it talks about how everyone just looks at her and, and uses her to prove their point. So it's like, oh, she's a alt-white supremacist. Or, oh, no, she's a liberal, like, godsend, you know? And it's just like, I don't know why these things that she did bad are the things people are up in arms about. Like, be annoyed about the Nicki Minaj stuff. Be frustrated with, like, the white feminism, I guess, but, like, these criticisms that she's gotten are so crazy to Mm me. (laughs) In another world, or in a perfect world, people would be celebrating Taylor Swift for her success, that she's a strong woman who's remained true to herself. But they're not. I know, because it's interesting. A lot of criticisms I got from, like, friends or pseudo-fans was like, oh, this is, like, she takes herself too seriously in this song, like, this album. Yeah. And I'm like, it's because you made her, like, everyone made her take it seriously because everyone's been writing think piece after think piece about Taylor Swift. and Every single part of Taylor Swift, like, saying she was pregnant, like... Nothing is let alone. They yeah. Her personality, her actions, her thighs, her stomach, <laughs> her boobs. Like, they just, like, pull her apart piece by piece. Yeah, and it's like, know. you didn't like the hidden messages and the nods to her boyfriends. You didn't like the breakup songs. You didn't like the teenage anthems with the slut-shaming lyrics. And you don't I like don't her pop songs. don't think that they're going to ever just fully accept Taylor's I know. for who Taylor really is. I know. It's like they just write think piece after think piece about why her brand isn't working, it's why it's bad for feminism. And if someone's going to write a bad article about about Taylor Swift, they're going to click it. If I know. There are a million of articles out that we would want, like praising yeah. her for everything she's did. People would not click that. There's They'd a be good like, oh. balance, though. You know, there it's is. like, to me, I can criticize Taylor Swift, and listeners might not believe me <laughs> because oh, I, I have it. been loving her. But, yeah, it's just I think people need to give her more credit. Like, honestly, more people should be talking about the feminist undertones in yeah. this song, in this album, because... People have been hating on her brand of feminism, but here she's finally singing about not owing a man anything just because they expect it or because they feel like they earned it, but she's taking ownership for her actions, pointing out that she has done wrong, but nothing she ever does that's good is good enough, and so the men will cry and she will be vilified. I know, it's just, it's really frustrating that people are constantly assigning her success to other men, Mm -hmm. usually, you know? It's just like every point in her career is punctuated by someone being like oh well you owe your success to Kanye because he made you famous after that VMA incident and oh well once you went pop you really owe Max Martin and Shellback everything because they write the songs and Mm. oh well actually you wouldn't even be here if your dad hadn't funded your career in the beginning and it's just like we're trying to parcel out her success when really she's been a strong it's her empowered like female (laughs) executive in her business People need to really learn to respect her more. Well, some fans are losing some respect for her Taylor Nation. <laughs> I think it's time oh, to no. sip some tea uh, and it dish is, some, it's some bitter dirt. tea. Yeah, it's been yeah. Well, everyone a sad, once sad. Taylor re- released her lookbook, just the preview of her lookbook, everyone it was everybody yes, was the merch, hungry yeah. for the merch. But so that's the tea, is that she, she released, just dropped it yeah, last she, week, a couple days ago. Yeah. Well, so this is the problem, right? Is she releases the merch, and it is astronomically Should expensive. we be surprised? Yeah, you, I don't This know. is what we're talking about. 
it was shocking to me. So I've never bought a lot of merch, but I know merch hasn't been this expensive. So when I opened the app and saw the new merch and I was like, oh my gosh, it's $85 for a t-shirt. It's $125 for a sweater. Like what is happening? I was frankly very taken aback. I, a lot of people were. There was oh, a lot of drama. There was so much drama. We were wondering what drama we were going to talk about on yeah. the episode. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's been quiet. Thankfully, yeah. they dropped Taylor merch. provided. She provided. <laughs> but it's like, there's like two sides to the argument, right? One, one side is, oh, we wanted better merch. People had been joking about how bad 1989's was and how cheap it is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here we have higher quality. We have better looks. It's cooler Is stuff. Is it really better quality, though? I know. So Let that's me, Tell me about thing. your hat. Yeah. <laughs> this is what gets me down, is if she had partnered with a brand, like if she'd done J. Crew, or if she had partnered with someone who I could trust, this was like high-quality quality merch, I'd be like, okay, I can understand that. But she doesn't. Like, these are still these are still merch. And I think this merch isn't that high quality from what I've well, seen. Well, you have a rep hat. I have a rep hat. I got this slouchy rep hat, which I regret now because the other hat's cooler. This hat's already framed. The rep is coming undone. Mm. And it's really frustrating because I've never bought merch. And I did it. I spent $40 on a hat. And it's, I've worn it once because it doesn't even look good on me and, yeah. and it's fraying and it really bothers me. So it's like, yeah, there's stuff I like that if it was good quality, I'd be like, oh, I'll wear this for five years. Cool. Yeah. But I don't believe it is. No, there are, there are cheaper items for $25 yeah, or under. You can get the, the socks. They have two socks. They have <laughs> yeah. two different phone stands, the patches, the rep beanie and the keychain. Yeah. Oh. Which I loved because, like, for Black Friday, Taylor oh Nation gosh. was like, oh my gosh, you guys, today only you can get a free pop socket with any order uh, over $100. People were like, just lighting wow. them up, light yeah. them up, light them up. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was really... So it's, it was, it was it's sort of like, swallow. yeah, it was sort of disheartening. It was like, oh... Like, I understand making a profit, but when you're at Taylor's level, not that she should be handing out merch for free, but either hire better, like, producers yeah. or give more affordable merch. Let me, can I tell you how you're going to get this merch for super cheap? Yeah. Let's wait until she drops another yeah. album. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, she did with all the other, other stuff, she's going to want to clean true. out. That's so, a good guys, point. Just wait, wait two to three years. TF7, <laughs> you can get as many rings yeah. as you want, yeah. any hats. Sweatshirts that are probably yeah. like fifteen dollars. Wait till then. Yeah. The real tea though is that that V-neck red backwards isn't shirt even, isn't real. It's just the patch. Yes, we were lied to. We were lied to. <laughs> we thought that T-shirt was actually a T-shirt. <laughs> it's just a patch. It's just that it's on the strap oh, around the neck. I was so yeah. bummed out. Yeah. Not that I would have bought it, but come on. Yeah. That was the real disappointing too. part. I, was, I was like, wait, <laughs> I what's know. going on? Yeah. So it's like problematic, right? There's no real justification people, that we can see. Yeah. But people are more worried that it just speaks to this higher level of greed, maybe. Oh, she's robbing her fans blind. Yeah. And so they're worried it means the tickets will be more expensive, too, that the the stuff will be harder to come by, that the only people who will be able to go to the shows, who will be able to buy the merch, who will be able, be able to be are noticed rich are the fans. rich fans. So there's some hurt feelings and some... Um, negative feedback. So this is more like, on top of the ticket confusion, I think a lot of people are just like, where is Taylor? Where is Taylor Nation? Why aren't people explaining themselves? Why aren't we getting answers? Yeah, and so I think there's just a lot of like, 
bummed out feelings now that the high of the release is over and now it's just sort of fizzled into this sad like oh I actually can't afford merch I can't afford this tour like I guess it's over for me so it's sad but hopefully things will like even out we'll get some better understanding about the tickets maybe things will be less extreme than they seem yeah. and there's things to look forward you know, there's to there's 13 days of Taylor possibly coming up yes there's also I think it was Scott had teased how Taylor was getting ready for oh, Swiftness. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, the jealousy that sparks from yeah. Swiftness. <laughs> yeah. So there are still things coming up. Taylor will yeah. have two performances. We'll be able to get tickets. Hopefully all their questions will be answered yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But and the most exciting part is that our 13th episode yes. coming up. Yes! So our next episode will be number 13, which... We wanted to do something special, so we were thinking of going into the Reputation magazines mm-hmm. and diving into those really powerful, deep, like deep, intense, yeah, poems. poems. Yeah. And so, for less hardcore fans who don't, who've never looked at the, <laughs> never looked at the magazines or know about it, there's these two poems where she explains where she went and what happened in her break. And I think it'll be a really good conversation. If you want to email us about your take yes. on the poems, you can email us at swiftishpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us, email us on Tumblr, <laughs> yeah. Instagram message us, swiftishpodcast yeah. all around. We yeah. are very excited to get into the poems next week. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, until then, we'll try not to pick apart anything Taylor yeah. has done bad <laughs> yeah. this past week. But until yeah. then, I am Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, go ahead and light me light up. Me up. <laughs>